Welcome to the Countries for Kids podcast from Case of Adventure. I'm Karen and I'm so excited that you're listening today. I'm going to be reading from A Clash of Swords in Scotland from our Scotland Adventure book. To find out more, go to caseofadventure.com. Can you tell us more about how the clans work, Grandad? asked Rome. Let's see now. Clans were broad family groups with a common ancestor. You'd all be part of my clan and so would all of your children and grandchildren. Clan names were often associated with a particular area of Scotland where the clan lived. People who were loyal to the clan chief often became part of a clan as well. They became followers of the chief and joined the clan for protection and identity. Often you can trace a clan back to a specific castle. Each clan also has its own tartan and coat of arms. Your mom's friend is marrying a man who will become a chief of his clan when his father dies. Long ago, clan chiefs would lead their clans into battle. They were also powerful political leaders. Grandad continued, As your dad said earlier, nowadays being a clan chief is just a social recognition with a few responsibilities within the family circle. In well-known clans, though, the chief would still have a lot of influence in Scottish society and maybe even connections with the royal family. Do you have any other things that come from Scotland, Grandad? asked Libby. Let's go look in the case of adventure, shouted Jake before Grandad could reply. He ran out the door with Grandad and the others following. Tiffany ran along behind the others, keen to be in on the action. Case of adventure, she exclaimed excitedly. Out in Grandad's workshop, Rome delightedly opened the antiquated suitcase. Dozens of treasures gleamed in the sunlight. The children dug out various objects from the large case, stopping to ask Grandad if any of them were from Scotland and putting them to one side if they weren't. Libby lifted out a silver teaspoon with a carved silver thistle adorning it, with purple gemstones inset as the flowers. Lower down, the word Edinburgh was engraved in the spoon. What's this, Grandad? she asked. That happens to be the flower of Scotland, lass, he replied. The purple thistle is the national flower. Edinburgh is the capital of Scotland, remarked Rome. That's where we'll be staying. That's right, lad, and Glasgow is the largest city. Look at this, said Wren, opening a green velvet jewellery box. Inside was an exquisite cut glass pendant. The pendant had a carving of the same thistle as on the silver teaspoon. The flower of Scotland again, exclaimed Wren. Oh, flower of Scotland, when will we see your like again? Grandad broke into song. What song is that? Jake wanted to know. It's one of the songs that Scotland uses as its national anthem. There's no official anthem, so Flower of Scotland, Scotland the Brave, and Scots Wahe are sung as anthems. We saw a movie where they sang Scotland the Brave and then shouted, Alba Gubroth at the end, commented Jake. Grandad laughed. I think that's Gaelic for Scotland forever. It shows people's allegiance to Scotland. What's allegiance? asked Libby. It means they belong to it, love it, and serve it. Hark when the night is falling, hear, hear, the pipes are calling. Jake sang to himself as the others continued chatting to Grandad. 
Wren suddenly noticed Rome, who was crouching next to the open suitcase, examining an intricately carved knife that he had found. He carefully unsheathed it. According to Scottish tradition, lad, if you unsheath my skin doob, blood must be shed. Rome looked up at Grandad in alarm, but then relaxed when he saw the grin accompanying his words. Skian do? asked Rome. What's that mean? It's spelt Skian doob. S G I A N D U B H. Grandad repeated the Gaelic word slowly. Skian doob. It's Scottish Gaelic for a small single edged knife. This one was given to me by a friend of mine, the same family that gave me the kilt and bagpipe cover. Rome looked at the knife again. It had a sharp steel blade with a thistle carved where the blade met the handle. The handle was patterned in black with silver edging around the top. The sheath had a silver tip and carved thistle to match the knife. When a Scotsman wears his whole outfit with kilt and all, the skin doob goes in the top of one long sock. Grandad explained. Look at the engraving on the sheath, said Wren. It's a verse from the Bible. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. From Romans 1 verse 16. That's a special verse, said Grandad, looking at it. My Scottish friend gave it to me soon after I surrendered my life to Jesus. He'd often talked to me about God in the Bible, but up until that time I hadn't wanted to listen. One day after attending a funeral, I started thinking about what happens to us when we die. That's when I started learning more about Jesus and eventually trusted in him to save me. This verse has always been an encouragement to me. After thinking for a moment, Grandad soberly sheathed the knife and turned to Rome. Rome... I value the skin doob very much, and I would like to give it to you. I hope the verse engraved on it is a special reminder to you of how much God loves you. He handed the knife to Rome, who looked back at him in surprise and delight. May I really have it, Grandad? Yes, it's yours, Grandad smiled at him. Thank you so much. Rome took the knife reverently into his hand and then turned and walked towards the house to show the skin doob to Mom and Dad. The other children followed him inside. Soon after, Grandad joined them inside with a couple of the other treasures in his hands. Here are some special gifts to celebrate your upcoming trip to Scotland, he said, handing the green velvet box containing the carved pendant to Libby. The silver Scottish teaspoon with the thistle jewel to Wren, who collected souvenir spoons, and a tartan cap to Jake. To Tiffany, he gave a pretty little bag with a tartan pattern on it. The children hugged Granny and Grandad, thanking them for the special gifts. We'll think of you lots while we're in Scotland, exclaimed Libby. There was an animated discussion about all that needed to be done before their trip, including finding passports, booking tickets, obtaining visas for the whole family and deciding what to pack. Cameras, phones and other equipment also needed to be prepared for the journey. It was July, which was winter time where they were, but summer in Scotland. Anticipation was great as the children got ready for bed, their heads filled with thoughts of their upcoming Scottish adventure. We're flying from Cape Town to London in England, and then we'll catch a train from London to Edinburgh in Scotland. Our flight will be about 12 hours, Dad told the children as they prepared to leave a few days later. 
We'll do quite a bit of travelling around Scotland. There's so much to see. We're going to hire a minivan. He took a few brochures from his bag and read to the children about some of the places they'd be visiting while in Scotland. Scotland is part of the United Kingdom along with England, Wales and Northern Ireland. The rest of Ireland is a separate country. What we call the island of Great Britain is England, Scotland and Wales without Northern Ireland. It can be a bit confusing. Scotland has had its own parliament since 1997. There have been many struggles for independence and freedom from England in Scotland's history. We're hoping to be able to visit some of the battlegrounds while we're there. The next day, close to 9 o'clock in the morning, the plane landed at Heathrow Airport in London. The Gray family disembarked, collected their luggage and went through passport control. At the tube station, they travelled on London's Underground Railway to King's Cross Station in London, where they bought tickets for the train journey to Edinburgh Airport. Dad had booked a van at Edinburgh Airport for them to drive while in Scotland. Why are we going to another airport by train, Libby wanted to know. Well, said Dad, we need to hire a van and the Edinburgh Airport had the best deals. We figured it was cheapest and easiest to go by train from London to Edinburgh Airport and then drive to central Edinburgh. The train had deep purple seats and electronic signs above each doorway, indicating which stop would be next. Everyone relaxed in comfort and watched the scenery from the train windows. The soft lurching and rhythmic clicking of the train on the tracks was soothing and soon lulled Tiffany to sleep. The others chatted and snacked, and the four-hour journey passed quickly. Eventually, they were in their sparkling red van, heading towards the city centre, looking out of the windows with great interest. It's about half an hour from here to Castle Street Guest House, which is owned by my friend Janet's aunt and uncle, Mum told them. Why is it called Castle Street? Jake wanted to know. Is there a castle nearby? Actually, there is, said Mum. Edinburgh Castle. We'll go exploring there. You'll probably be able to see it from the guest house, as the castle is quite close on a big hill. I heard that Edinburgh Castle is actually built on the site of an extinct volcano. That means one that no longer erupts, thankfully. Blue and white Scottish flags flew proudly from many buildings, some of which resembled castles with turrets and battlements. There were tall clock towers and imposing statues. The taxis were quaint black cars with red and white markings on them. They located a Waitrose store and Mum ran in while the others stayed in the car. She quickly selected some snack bars, a loaf of bread, some sliced cheese and a few other items. She paid for them with pounds, pounds sterling, and then returned to the car where they got back on the road to central Edinburgh. Rome and Jake excitedly pointed out to Dad that they were following a van with the word police written across the back. I bet that's Scotland Yard in there, remarked Jake, who had heard about the British police force. Dad smiled at him in the rearview mirror. It's a funny thing, Jake, but Scotland Yard is actually in England. Nowadays, it's called New Scotland Yard. It's the name for the old British police headquarters. The policemen are called Bobbies after a man named Robert Peel, who started the modern British police system. Red telephone booths with a characteristic gold crown printed on the side were dotted about the streets. Mountain cliffs crossed the skyline and then disappeared behind buildings. They drove past a monument and a lush green park, and then suddenly as they turned the corner into Castle Street, they caught their first breathtaking glimpse of the imposing Edinburgh Castle set high on the hill. 
the children were momentarily reduced to silence. That castle is massive, said Rome. The van turned in at the entrance to Castle Street Guesthouse. Dad switched off the engine and turned to face his family. Here we are then, our Scotland adventure begins. International Discovery Agents, this is your mission. Find out about the history of your family and your surname. If you have Scottish ancestors, look up their tartan. Design your own tartan. Create your own family crest, showing things that are special to you on it. That's all for now. See you next time.